it's like I got light on this side, but not this side. That's all right. Um, might need a bulb, but we just welcome you and uh, praise God for you. It's going to be a good morning. And uh, let's go ahead and let's turn to uh, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, one of the things that I like about Daniel is um, he saw some things that most people never see. And he did some things and, and moved in some things that most people never see or move in. And uh, one of the things that I like is that here he is, he's completely in enemy territory, so to speak, and yet he is seeing the will of God done. Now, one of the things is for us is that we are, so to speak, in enemy territory, but we're not moved by this uh, world and its laws. We are governed as ambassadors for Christ. That means it says that Satan is the god of this world, and so here we are somewhat behind spiritual enemy lines, and yet we are, through Christ, the light of the world. You know, we are, we are supposed to bring some light, just like Daniel did in this situation. One of the things that he did uh, here in chapter 1 and in chapter 10 is that uh, he, they were supposed to be serving the king, and if they were around the king, they were supposed to be having uh, the food that the king wanted them to have. And Daniel said, nope, I'm refusing that. I'm going to eat certain things, and uh, that's, all, you know, that's all I want. And we're going to end up actually looking better than the ones that are on the king's food. He, we're going to trust God, and we're going to fast, right? So, um, hey, guys, if you can't get it, I want you to hear the message more than I want that light on. So, um, so here he is, and he's saying, I want to make sure that I go after God. I go after God. No matter where I'm at, I want to make sure that I go after God. And in doing so, he became a person to the king and a strength to the king that was able to speak. In, how many people were able to speak into the king's life? You know? I, you know, I know people just in this area, and they think, you know, there's something else, and nobody can talk to them. But we're talking about like the actual king in this area that was ruling and reigning. How many people do you think could speak into his life? Daniel became one of those people, and he didn't even believe. Uh, the king didn't believe like Daniel believed. He didn't believe in the same, you know, king. He didn't believe in the same thing. So one of the things that was important is Daniel had access because of who he was. He had an excellent spirit, excellent character. He was, he was there and seeing the will of God done. Now, eventually he interprets dreams. Eventually the king says to him, look, your God is God because he, you know, his, him and his friends thrown into the fiery furnace, or his friends were, excuse me, Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, let me go. And, um, and uh, they were thrown into the fiery furnace, and, and it comes about 
really as Daniel was kind of leading the helm in, in a way, but they were not going to bow. And then over in chapter 10, there's some more stuff happening, and, and Daniel starts praying, and Daniel has a visitation from the angel, right? And he says, look, I, I came, but uh, I was resisted. You know, I was resisted in the heavenly uh, places, in supernatural places, but I came. Now, what's interesting about Daniel is Daniel knew how to pray and fast. And this is what I want to get at. Uh, this week I was at a meeting with um, Lou Engle. Does anybody know who Lou Engle is? No? Okay. Um, have you ever heard of The Call, or did you hear about last year the Azusa Street uh, revival that they had the kind of the 100th, I think it was 110-year anniversary in the stadium in L.A. Um, I don't know how many people showed up, but they were there for a couple of days, and, and just the Holy Spirit showed up, and, and it was a marker. Well, that's going to happen in Charlotte in, sometime in the next couple of years, and they're seeking God, so this was the launch of that. Uh, let me just make this. Just grab that one and put it as in the center as you can. That way you can get that. So... Um, here they are, and Lou Engle, he knows how to pray, and, and he was giving us some of his story, but basically his story was that uh, he was called by God to get a generation to pray. And so he started working with college-age kids and whoever would just basically say, yeah, I'll go with you, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll pray. And so the Lord started putting that heart of prayer on and he started leading a generation. Well, that was about 16 years ago. You remember uh, in 2000, I think it was September 2nd in 2000, uh, they had prayer on the mall in Washington, D.C. You remember that? That was Lou Engle, okay? That he's the one who uh, got that started and, and made that happen through, through Christ. So that kind of gives you an idea. All right. So he knows how to pray. If you ever see him, he's got a big mustache, and he does like this all the time. This is, when the Spirit's moving on him, he's doing this. When he's talking, he did it like the whole time he was talking the other day. I'm going to tell you what motivated me, uh, motivated me to go more in with God, his he was really moving by the Spirit. And what he said was, one of the things he said that I think is very, very true is that uh, this month of September, this season right now that we're in, for those that are listening to the Holy Spirit and desiring to see more of God, this is a month of prayer and fasting. This is a month of hearing from God, of listening for God seeking God, you know, and um, this is a month where we need to be going after the Lord, and so I don't say that always, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever called a fast by boomerang because I don't ever remember the Lord telling me, tell boomerang to fast and pray, and I'm not saying that now, but I'm, I am saying this, kind of like your offering, if the Holy Spirit is drawing you to fast and pray, you're probably hearing right, you know. And I would encourage you not to do that necessarily, but I would encourage you to go to God and say, should I have a little season of fasting and prayer in this time? You know, and if so, what is it? What kind of fasting do you want me to do? I would encourage you to do that. Now, some people, when you talk about fasting and praying, 
they think, well, I can't uh, have anything but water uh, during those days. Uh, I, in the Word, I've seen several different types of fasts. you got uh, Daniel that we're talking about. He had vegetables, basically, in, the, in that first fast. You have other fasts where, like Jesus, when he went out to the wilderness, all he had was water. You know, He didn't have anything else. That was it. So you have different kinds of activities that you can fast from, too. The Word shows that as well. So, but the question is, am I supposed to fast and pray? And what, if so, what should I fast? What should I hand over to you? And the purpose is to hear from God, see what He wants us to see, and be ready to enter the season that's coming up. Now, y'all know about you know, a dream that we had a couple weeks ago talking to you about that. Well, this is a good time. One of the things in there was that we did not recognize what time it was in the spiritual and that we needed to be prepared physically. These are two things that were said and that were very clear in that, right? So one of the things, what does fasting do? It helps us see clearly and it helps us get prepared and, and get that anointing. So I think that that lines right up with what season and what time it is with us. He was encouraging people to start praying for what they're calling Azusa East, and we'll talk more and more about that. And I think that we should, but I also think that it is a time now. now I'm telling you that I will start uh, tomorrow entering into a season for me. The Lord's already put it on my heart, and uh, it'll probably you know go for a little bit. So... Um, I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. But I want you to see this just where uh, here where uh, Daniel in chapter 1, Daniel 1 and verse 8. It says, But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. <laughs> We ain't just talking about your food, Daniel. <laughs> but Daniel said to the overseer whom the, whom the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, those guys, please test your servants for 10 days and let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed in your presence and the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, their appearance seemed better, and they were fatter than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. So the overseer continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink, and kept giving them vegetables. These four youths, look at here, verse 17. God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. And then he presented them to the king. So now what's interesting is 
This starts out Daniel's kind of ministry, so to speak, in this kingdom with King Nebuchadnezzar. Starts his ministry, sets him off on the right foot. Finds out, you find, go on to find out that Daniel was uh, highly praised and considered in front of people. All right. I believe that this has to do with his willingness to submit himself and his flesh to the Lord. And I want you also to see that during this fast, he didn't just believe. He didn't walk into the fast going, well, I'm going to be hungry. This is going to stink. You know, That's not what he did. He did not just do that. He walked into the fast believing, I'm going to be well supplied for. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm not just going to go into the fast and, and it's going to suck, you know. Um, I'm going to go into it, and I'm going to be well supplied. So in other words, he, he went into that fast with faith. And then he goes on, you know, he has another fast later on where he's praying. And let's go now and let's look at Isaiah 58. In Isaiah 58, and let's start at verse 4. Excuse me. Let's uh, start at verse 3. He says this, Why have we fasted and you do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you did not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast, uh, you find your desire and drive hard all your workers. In other words, what's happening here is people are trying to fast and they're taking the wrong attitude about it. You know, they're, they're pushing people. They're, they're basically wanting everybody to see that they fast. They're, they got the wrong attitude. It says, Behold, you fast for contention and strife and to strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you do today to make your... Uh, you do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. So one of the fruit that comes from fasting is that your voice is heard on high when you do it correctly. You know, how many people want your prayers to be heard? I, in other words, let, let's put it like this. I mean, our prayer is heard because of Christ and because of faith, but in other words, how we go about our, our fast is how we believe. It is uh, an action of our faith, but let me put it like this. We, we want open communication between us and God, between us and heaven, between us and on high. Fasting helps to open that up. Verse 5, Is it a fast like this which I choose a day for a man to humble himself? Is it for bowing one's head like a reed and for spreading out sackcloth and ashes as a bed? Will you call this a fast even an acceptable day to the Lord? In other words, uh, we need to make sure that we take humility into that fast. Not, oh, look at us, we're fasting. You know, we're something special. That, that's not what we do. No, people shouldn't even know that we're fasting. They shouldn't even have an idea. You know, the only reason you know that I am is because I'm leading us into a season. All right, I'm leading by example. Or else I wouldn't have said most of the time I don't say anything to anybody. They just see me not eating. Is this not the fast, verse 6? Is this not the fast which I choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness? That fast will break stuff off of you. It'll break stuff. It's, and so what else breaks stuff 
off of us. The anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. So I think what we're seeing in the fast is that the fast helps that anointing to be released in us, be released through us. You're anointed now, but we need that anointing to be released through us. We need to get our flesh out of the way so that the anointing can rise up and do what the anointing is called to do and break these bonds, to undo the bands of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? In other words, what it's saying is that I wouldn't be deceived, that I'm not, I'm not hiding my own self. In other words, my eyes are open to what's actually going on, where I'm being deceived, where I need to see some stuff straight. I'm not just overlooking people when they need something, not just carrying on with my life and nobody else. In other words, this thing, a fast helps get all the junk out of our eyes so we can see clearly, open up the communication with God and break that yoke. Then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will speedily spring forth. Your recovery will speedily, how many people need some recovery in their life? In whatever area, speedily. And your righteousness will go before you. And that ought to speak to us talking about the righteousness of God. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, God will say, here I am. That sounds like this is some stuff we want, right? Okay, so you can go on. There's more stuff that it does. In a fast, I want you to see something. Moses, when he went up to the mountain twice, got the law. And, you know, we talk about the law today because it was a law that we couldn't uphold, but the law was perfect. It wasn't the law's fault. It was the curse and mankind and corruption that couldn't uphold it. The law itself was perfect, right? So here's, here's the thing. Jesus completed the law. He fulfilled it. But the law, but look at this. Moses had command for all of mankind for all time after he spent 40 days and nights fellowshipping with God in a fast. You look at uh, Israel, multiple times they fasted so that they could be free from the Philistines and win those battles. In other words, their enemies would not be able to defeat them. You got any stuff that's been defeating you in your life? Now, I want you to think about this individually, but I also want you to think about this as the body of boomerang. And I want you to think about this as the body of Christ in this area. The whole meeting the other day was there's been multiple prophecies that there will be revival that breaks out in this North Carolina area and it will stretch all up and down the East Coast and will bring about some huge change. We're in that season where this type of revival is upon us now. But it's not going to happen by people just going, yeah, when the Lord wants to send it, he'll send it. That's not how this stuff works. 
This stuff works because we partner with God and say, I will stand in the gap and I will move my flesh out of the way so that the anointing that's already inside of me, inside of us, will start to break the yokes of bondage all around us. It will break off the deception and we as a people will see clearly. So here's Moses, he goes on this fast for 40 days. Here's the Israelites, they go on this fast. And Nehemiah, before he goes back and rebuilds the wall at Jerusalem, they're on a fast. They're finding out from the Lord how to do this, with what power to do it, this fasting and prayer. This is what was the beginning. What came before all of these great things and this vision and this provision from God, fasting and prayer. Now, did we need, you know, well, you know, Jesus did a lot of stuff for us. That is very true. But we're not talking about, we're not talking about just what Jesus did to not get a return. He got a return so that he would be the firstborn of many children that would look to God just like he did and say, how can I partner with you, Father? How can I bring about, as your ambassador in this earth, how can I bring about your will? And then we have the perfect pattern turned to Matthew 4. The firstborn of many brethren, our big brother, Jesus, said, look, let me show you how to do it. I'm about to have a ministry, and it's going to rock the world. I mean, it's going to flip the world and all its corruption upside down on its ear, and it's going to break the bondage. And then over in Luke chapter 4, he said, the Spirit of God is upon me. He's anointed me. He's anointed me to bring freedom to the captive, set the captive free. To bring freedom to the oppressed, heal the sick. That, and all, the anointing of God was on him, but why was it on him? You see, he had to go about stuff the same way you and I do. And his example was to show us how to get it done. And then he said, now that I've shown you how to get it done, I'm going to release you from all the stuff that would hold you back. Now go do what I did. So let's look at what he did. Chapter 4, verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. I'm not asking you to go 40 days and 40 nights. Amen. <laughs> but I'm asking you to seek the Lord. And I'm asking you to say, you know what, Lord, if you did tell me that, I'd be okay with it. If you did tell me that, I'd be all right. If you told me less, if you told me one day, you told me, you know, just till nighttime, I'd be okay. But whatever you tell me, I trust you and I'm going to listen to you. Here he goes and he goes from here and a ministry was birthed. But the foundation of it was in the wilderness, in fasting and prayer. So <clears throat> many times we saw that he was fasting and praying. We saw him do this. We saw this pattern in his life. 
It says he got up early in the morning to pray as was his custom. This is how he did it. He was led by God to do this. This birth, the greatest ministry this world has ever seen, the greatest anointings, the greatest freedom the world has ever seen, and it was preceded by fasting and prayer. I believe we're personally moving into a time like boomerang has never seen. We're on the verge of it. But it doesn't just happen by people saying, well, when God sends it, it'll be awesome. That's not the way it works. It works by people saying, Lord, what do I need to do to bring your will? What do I need to do? I'm partnering with you. I know it's already paid for. I know that you will strengthen me to do whatever it is I need to do. So I don't walk into a, a period of fasting and praying going, oh, man, this is going to stink, but we got to do what God said. That's not it. No, no, no. We walk into it going, Lord, what would you have me to do? And I'm trusting you for strength and provision to carry this thing out. I might be going into what my flesh considers a wilderness, but I'm going in knowing that I'm bringing life to that desert. I'm bringing the anointing of God to that desert. So we need to pray. Lord, what would you have for us? Not just individually. See, here's the thing. When you give yourself to the plan of God in a region and in a church, there's stuff that happens in your personal life too. Why? Because God is a God of overflow. He's a God of abundance. And when he draws you into something like that, he's not just doing it so the region alone can go up. He's doing it so your whole life can rise to new levels. So what would he have you do? It doesn't have to be much. It just needs to be obedience. It doesn't have to be little. It just needs to be obedience, just like our tithes and offerings. You're just seeking God. You're finally just asking the question, Lord, what would you have me do? You know, a lot of times, uh, Chris and I were talking yesterday, and a lot of times what happens is we don't ask the question, what do you want me to do? Because we're afraid of what God might say. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been, I've been like, you know, in the past, Lord, should I go watch that movie? Because I don't want them to say no, and I really want to see it. Should I fast? How long should I fast? Because I don't want to hear how long he might say. But see, that's the wrong attitude. If you tell me something to do, you're going to provide for me the way. And it's not that it won't cost my flesh something. It will. The flesh and the spirit war against each other. If I want to move more in the spirit, I'm going to have to put the flesh down. In other words, like what John the Baptist you know, said about Jesus, he must increase, I must decrease. And that was a good picture of the flesh. The spirit in my life must increase and the flesh must decrease. Well, <clears throat> fasting does that specifically. And it's time. It's time to move into something. Now, one thing that's good is, you know, I'll just point this out to you. It is good to have accountability. You shouldn't, let's say that, that um, you go to the Lord and he says, I want you to pray and fast for seven days, right? Let's say that he says that. Well, guess what's going to happen about day two or three? You're going to be like, 
Ooh. Did, did you say three days or did I miss it? <laughs> Lord, did, did you say three days or did you really mean seven? And, and day four, you're like, I'm just, you know what? I think this is over. And your flesh can get the best of you if you don't have an accountability partner. And so one of the things that you can do is when you hear what the Lord has told you to do, how long and what to fast, if he tells you that, come tell me so that I know that you, hey, and I'm watching, and I'm saying, hey, how's that going? In other words, you're not leaving yourself. This is a way that we can run from temptation and flee temptation because now we put our word on it, and we've been talking about how important our words are, how important it is. So if you know, you don't go tell everybody. You don't be like, hey, I'm going to fast for seven days. Everybody hear that? Seven days, days, days. You know? Don't have to do that. That's not what you should do. But it is okay to go to like a leader and say, this is what the Lord's instructed. I'm telling you for accountability purposes. This is how we learn to put our flesh down and walk by the Spirit. These are, these are ways, these are logical wisdom that God has given us on how to flee the temptations of the flesh and grow into what God wants us to be. Amen. And I believe during this period of time, as you give yourself to the Lord and do whatever he asks you to do, I believe that vision will be opened. Flesh will be dissolved and anointing will come out and break the yoke, not only in your life, but in this place and in this area. Because God has a people that will say, I will partner with God so that his will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we will see great things and great moves of God because I will partner with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So seek the Lord. Father, right now, some of you, if you already know what you're supposed to do, and how long you're supposed to do that, raise your hand if you already know what it is. Amen. Two, that's good. Amen. Three, amen, good. See, the Lord, he doesn't, a lot of times he doesn't take long, but if you hadn't heard yet, just keep seeking him. And be sure. Don't just, don't just assume. Be sure. Amen. Amen. Father, right now, we just ask you for your wisdom. How in this season right here, Lord, we, by the Holy Spirit, we sense that this is a very important season. How in this season can we partner with you in fasting and prayer? We ask you for what kind of fast, if you tell us to, and how long. And Lord, we receive your wisdom. Your word says if we lack wisdom, let us ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. And so, Lord, right now we know that as we ask, you're going to show us exactly what to do, and we thank you for it. And, Father, we look forward to partnering with you. We don't look with eyes of the flesh that look at how much the flesh is going to have to be put down and how much the flesh won't like it. We look with eyes of faith that sees the provision of God that will come through. We look at, we look at it like this, Lord, at the end. We're not going to want to come out because things have been going so great. Things have been going so awesome. Lord, we, we're going to get to the end of it and say, My goodness, Lord, do I have to stop? And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for what you're about to do. Amen. Amen. And in case you're wondering, does that ever happen? Do I ever get to the place where I don't want to come out? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. 
when you get your heart right in that stuff, I mean, there's days where your flesh can really be talking loud to you, but you can literally get to the place where I've, I've been there multiple times now where I'm like, Lord, I don't want to. And he says, no, stop. You know, and he told me that was, that was it. So I just encourage you, and I look forward to hearing and seeing what the Lord is doing in you and through you and in us and through us and in this area and through this area, the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. See you in a few minutes.